Hi, and welcome to C Squared, <laughs> the podcast that reviews beyond the speed of light. Hi, and welcome to C Squared. I'm Christopher. And I'm Karma. And as you might be able to tell from our appearance, today we're reviewing episodes of The Avengers. No, not the Marvel Cinematic Universe Avengers with Captain America, <laughs> Thor, and Iron Man, but the 1960s television program, The Avengers, which came over here from Britain. Karma, you're familiar with The Avengers. Oh yeah, my dad introduced me to the show. And I first discovered it uh, watching reruns on the CBS Late Night Movie. Oh boy. When I was 14. Everyone else would uh, be out on Friday nights partying. I'd stay home and watch reruns of a, of a, of a decade old British TV show. That's why I love you. That's, <laughs> And it's why I love you. <laughs> a little background on the Avengers. I'm going, to, in addition to the Volver, I'm going to put on my television historian hat right now. The Avengers first began in Britain on the ITV, the Independent Television Network. It was sort of a spiritual successor to the program Police Surgeon, which starred Ian Hendry. The Avengers started with in 1961 with Ian Hendry playing Dr. David Keel, a physician whose wife is murdered after she witnesses a drug deal. Gone bad. And Hendry wants to capture the murderers and a mysterious guy named Steed shows up and says, oh, well, I'll help you avenge your wife's murder if you help me on some of my cases. Steed is some kind of government employee they never make certain at any point in the series exactly what he is, if he's a policeman or if he works for Scotland Yard or if he works for MI5 or some other government agency. But anyway, he's Doesn't matter. some kind of government <laughs> guy who deals both with crime and later with espionage stuff. The first season, Steed and Keel work together taking down various criminal enterprises. The second season, Ian Hendry wanted to move along to a movie career. So Steed, who had been kind of the sidekick character, now moves up to being the lead character. The second season, he has a couple different partners, but the big innovation was that he's partnered with a woman named Kathy Gale. And legend has it that what they did is they just took scripts that had been written for the male David Keel character and just had a woman do the scripts, with the result that the woman ends up seeming very ballsy. She's able to argue with Steed, an action girl who can handle a gun, who's a judo expert. All of this just seems very mundane today, but we have to remember this is 1962, 63. This was a radical innovation back then. It was really amazing stuff. Kathy Gale is played by Honor Blackman, who most people today would remember as the lesbian pilot in the James Bond movie Goldfinger. She was a lesbian in that Well... Yes, I say lesbian, but of course the way the, the way the movie plays it is that after James Bond sleeps with her, she's not a lesbian anymore because Bond is just that awesome in bed well, that, you know, what woman would stay a lesbian when you can have James Bond? Exactly. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and was, uh, it, was it Sean Connery at that? No. That was Sean Connery. Uh, see. That's so, right. so that in addition to being awesome in bed, he can slap her around if he needs to. Hey! That, well, that was Sean Connery. That was. Anyway, anyway, after two seasons, she moves along. They, Honor Blackman, left the show. And they wanted to continue this trend of a sort of female assistant or associate of, of Steed. 
So they hired Diana Rigg to play a character with man appeal. M. Appeal. Oh! Where her name came from, as Mrs. M. Appeal. And she also is an expert in judo, karate, fencing, and she's sort of a polymath genius who basically, the way the show evolves, Steed knows upper-class manners and spy stuff, and Emma pretty much knows everything else. (laughs) She's a scientist and a historian, and and that's part of what makes her so awesome. In addition to the fact that she's played by Diana Rigg, (laughs) I will wax rapsodic. What are you doing? Wiping the jewel off. (laughs) Very true. I will wax rapsodic about Diana Rigg and the vast influence she had on me as a teenager (laughs) at a later date. (laughs) Suffice to say, this is the episode we're talking about today is from season four of The Avengers. It's in black and white. At this point, the show is still mostly a crime spy drama, but it begins edging in the direction of science fiction. Now, the show really took off in America in a big way in the fifth season, which was in color, was shown on the American ABC network, and that's the one that most Americans are most familiar with. There's a huge amount of British wit wonderful banter and interplay between Steed and Mrs. Peel. Lots of science fiction plots, very whimsical, very tongue-in-cheek. It's an absolute delight. At this point, we're not quite there yet, but the reason we're talking about this episode today is because it's sort of the first glimmering the Avengers had of moving in the direction of science fiction. Karma. Would you give us a summary of this episode? Okay, so this episode is called The Cybernauts, which is kind of a gimme. (laughs) But I guess at this point in time, the science fiction aspect of the show wasn't there. So they play it up as a mystery. You see this dark, big guy, and you see him go on people's necks when they die. And the whole mystery is... Who is this big guy that's going around karate chopping people and killing them in such a way that there's no blood, there's no bruising, they're just dead, their necks broken perfectly? Looks as though he's been hit by a five-ton truck. It's extraordinary. This man is a karate expert. Not expert enough. Steed, look. And the the little, what you think at first might be a red herring, but is actually not, is after each kill, the person takes a pen and breaks it. And you just think that's some sort of weird quirk. Well, it turns out that this person who's going around killing is actually a robot. And it knows how to go after its target because the target has a pen with a radio signal coming out of it. And so as it evolves, you find out that there's this guy who's going around killing his competition because he wants to buy some uber tiny transistor computer. Oh, it's, 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 it's better than a transistor. It's computer chip. 
things. It's, right. It's though they don't call it a computer chip because they didn't have those yet. But yeah. That's basically. But what basically, it is. you know, some what was it a Korean or a Japanese company has created. Yeah, there's there's a couple there's a couple different companies that are competing for. Oh yes, the Japanese company has created it. Has yeah. created these microchips. Microchips, I think, is what they call them. It may be. Anyway. Anyway, all the people who are trying to buy these microchips are getting killed off because this guy who had like invented something and then got injured and now he's in a wheelchair and he lives in this completely automated place where nothing but robots take care of him. And he's got this robot that he's trained to be a killer. And of course there's this whole big tension scene where Emma Peel's walking around with a pen and Steve has to try and save her, but he's caught in the very handy air vent that just happens to be human sized and happens to hold his weight. Well, which we have to admit that everywhere from the Enterprise to the sea view on Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea to pretty much every show from this era all have gigantic air conditioning (laughs) vents that are big enough for a man to crawl through. Yes, because that's handy. So anyway, long story short, Emma Peel's life is in danger. Steed eventually saves the day. And the really cool ending is they have the two robots going after each other. Until the one who wasn't the killer is his brain falls out, and then the killer one just stops because he's done what he needed to do, and they walk and, off. And the, the mad scientist is dead. And the mad scientist. He tried to get between them and say, "No, no, stop fighting." And yes, they, and they both chopped him. Chopped, chopped him. And, yeah. yeah. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Yeah, it's. What did you think of the episode? I really enjoyed it overall. It was kind of cool to see sort of a, a historical aspect of the whole robot genre. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I always love the interplay between yes. Steed and Emma. Yes, Steed and I'm Emma, in case you hadn't noticed. <laughs> at, at, at this point in the show, Emma is still very much in the Kathy Gale mode. Kathy Gale liked wearing all these black leather outfits, which, of course, I have no problem with. <laughs> Later on, the actress Diana Rigg didn't like wearing leather, so they had her wearing kind of the stretchy nylon. Yeah, which also later on also totally rocked. But but early on here, she's in leather, and Steed at this point, uh, when the show first started, he's kind of an average guy in a trench coat. But by this time, he's classed it up with his umbrella and his his bowler bowler hat, and and, uh, not quite as outlandish as he gets a little bit later in the color episodes. But he's still being classy. There were some scenes that went on a little bit longer than I thought they needed to and the whole tension where the robot is getting closer to Emma Peel and she's walking back and forth. The robot's getting closer and she's walking. It took a little long. It's it's a great perspective that Karma brings to this. I have to say, in my opinion, this time has not been kind to this episode. Hmm. You have to watch it through a historical lens and realize, for us today, 60 years after this episode aired, we're watching it, and right away you catch on. It's like, well, the killer's a robot. Duh. It's called the Cybernauts. <laughs> but at that time, robots were comic strip stuff, and the Avengers was not a comic 
strip show. Yeah. It was not a kid's show. It was a, kind of a serious Cold War drama. And to have this in there was probably a big surprise to a lot of people. There's a lot of stress on automation, which of course looks humorous today because the way the mad scientist programs his robot is to have a little punch card that yeah. he has to feed <laughs> into the computer. And so for the time, this probably was very cutting edge science fiction. Today, it's very slow moving. Yeah, yeah. You're 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 thinking speed it up, speed it up, and and, and which you're probably saying about us, but you know whatever. <laughs> don't do that. We're 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 cool and fun and exciting, and you don't want to you don't want to encourage that attitude in our viewers. No, you love every moment of us. I don't even remember what I was going to say. It, with a historical perspective, it's an interesting show to watch now. It's interesting in that at this point, as I mentioned previously, the show's not really science fiction yet. It reminded me a lot of the first season of Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, mm. which, again, the first season was in black and white. It later became a science fiction series, but it wasn't in the first season. The first season, it was a Cold War spy drama and about guys on a submarine. Here, this is the third episode Emma Peel is in. The first two episodes, one of them, the Russians are establishing a secret base in a British town. The second one, they're trying to destroy Britain's early warning radar. It's very standard spy show stuff. So for this to be about this mad scientist with computers who programs robots to kill people, at the time, must have seemed really innovative and really kind of off the wall. Yeah. Um, but it works still. As I say, it's a little slow, but it's very suspenseful. Right. Because the reveal that the thing's a robot really doesn't come till almost the very end of the episode. Yeah, definitely. So this whole time, and there's the, Karma mentioned the red herring. There's a big red herring early in, in the episode where they're trying to figure out how do these how are all these people dying and Emma who is an expert in judo and karate says oh well they're killed with a karate blow so she investigates this karate <laughs> school and you find out that she's a karate expert but all this time you're thinking oh well maybe this killer is some That's karate right. guy and part of the reason why I didn't even think to mention that aspect is cuz that's kind of the boring part to us to us yeah i mean again for the viewers there's this then, whole thing where uh, this guy's like Oh, only men can do judo. And she's like, well, what about this one? Because, oh, she's exceptional. And so Emma says, well, if I can take her down, will you take me? And he goes, okay. So there's Emma Peel doing her thing. Uh, and, of course, Emma mops the floor with her. Yes. And then the guy says, you fought her like a woman, but she fights like a man. Because apparently that's a compliment. Emma Peel fights like a man. It's 1965. <laughs> yes. You have to make allowances. One other little historical note for the science fiction fans who are watching this. This episode aired in October of 1965. That's a full year before the Cybermen show up on Doctor Who. Ah. So this was really ahead of its time. Yeah. And cyber things rapidly become a big deal yeah. in 60s. And then later in 70s, science fiction, where we get the Six Million Dollar Man and the Bionic right. Woman and the Fembots. And, <laughs> fembots, um, yeah. Since Austin Powers, nobody can say Fembot with a straight face anymore. No. But, but this is the very first glimmering 
of robots and cyber beings. When you were television. doing your research, did you find out why they call it a cyber knot? Because a I knot not, is usually a ship kind of term. I did not. I can only speculate that at this point, astronauts and cosmonauts oh. were very big in the news. So okay, that's probably astronaut, right. cosmonaut, cybernaut. Okay. You know, it just, so just weren't any ships involved. Cute. No. Okay. This is the first episode the Cybernauts show up in. They do show up a couple more times later on on the Avengers. We will not be doing every single episode of the Avengers in, what are we in, season four? The black and white season. We'll drop in on it now and then when there's a science fiction episode. Once we get to season five and it's much more science fictiony, we'll probably do an episode by episode breakdown. But yeah. at this point, uh, the Cybernauts... First glimmerings of science fiction. I think it's worth a watch. It was worth a watch. Yeah. And it's worth a watch for you as well. Or get where the biker chick and the Republican. <laughs> oh, awesome. Uh, where did you hide that? I just bought it today. Oh. I knew we were going to do this. Do I look okay? You look awesome.